It is great to see you all this morning. We pray, Father, we pray that you would teach us the wisdom of true friendship, um, the wisdom of how to be the right kind of friend, uh, and the wisdom to see uh, who really are our friends and who's, who's just hanging around for the fun. We pray, please, also understand your friendship in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, do you have many people who you would call good friends, true friends? Uh, do you have many people in your life like that? Um, uh, even if it's just one, do you have that person? Uh, do you want true friends uh, or are you the kind of loner? Um, are you the person who doesn't think you really need anyone else? Uh, during the week, I was listening to that song uh, by Paul Simon, uh, or Simon and Garfunkel, that he recorded it twice. So uh, it was interesting because he did it, Simon and Garfunkel, it tanked, and then he did it after they split up by himself. Uh, <laughs> and it's a song that's kind of odd when you listen to the words. Uh, here's the second verse from uh, I, I Am A Rock. Um, I've built walls, a fortress deep and mighty that none may penetrate. I have no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter and it's loving I disdain. I am a rock. I am an island. And as he goes on, I touch no one and no one touches me. Uh, a rock never cries and an island feels no pain. What do you reckon about that? Uh, is that the good way to live? Is that the wise way to live? Uh, is that something to aspire to? Or is it... It's a little sad. Um, I, I think it's interesting because I think it sounds noble. You know, I'm a rock. I'm self-sufficient. Uh, it sounds brave. It sounds exactly the pinnacle of self-sufficiency that we're told to aspire to. Look out for number one. Just it, it's you that matters. You be you, and don't let anyone else get in the way. How different that is uh, this poem. Oh, there's uh, there's Paul Simon, by the way. Uh, this guy, John Don, back in the 1600s, uh, I couldn't find a photo of him with a guitar, but anyway. Um, no man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. Totally different, isn't it? Uh, and it's interesting because John Don was a Christian. Uh, and I reckon he's expressing a central idea of the Bible, that, that is that we're made by God for relationships. And because of that, we, we find our fulfillment in life in a lot of ways in, in our relationships. It's not good to be alone. It's not good to be an island. Yeah, there's something about taking care of yourself and not being a burden on others, but to be friendless is miserable. Paul Simon might feel like he's got no pain because he's alone, but it's a horrible life. It's entirely selfish, and I think it only ever ends in joylessness, failure, and misery. And as we come to the book of Proverbs today, we'll see it's not just a little sad, uh, it's actually incredibly dumb. It's very, very foolish. I think if you notice there, uh, at the end of our reading uh, in chapter 19 and verse 8, he who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who cherishes uh, understands, understanding prospers. You want to love your own soul? You've got to hear God's wisdom uh, from Proverbs, and he says a lot about friendships, and that that kind of attitude is really, really dumb. 
Because the book of Proverbs, as we've seen, is about wisdom in the real world. It's about wisdom for real life. And God says in this book over and over again that friendship matters. If you want to be wise, then who our friends are and how we invest in them is incredibly important. Now, I take it that we know deep down in our bones that that's true. But Solomon explains why it matters so much, uh, why friendship, true friendship, as we'll see what that is later, uh, is so important. So firstly, he says, getting friendship right matters because of the profound influence that friends have on us, right? For good or for ill. Uh, here's a negative example from uh, Proverbs 22, verse 24. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with anyone easily angered, or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. There you go. Uh, I mean, we worry about our children and our grandchildren falling in with the wrong crowd, don't we? Why? Because they, they become like their friends. Uh, I mean, there's a positive side to that. If you've got nice friends, I mean, you will learn from them and uh, you'll be a much better person for it. Who you are and who you become is going to be shaped in life by the company you keep. Friendships have so much influence uh, for us, in fact, that we can't afford to get them wrong. And so Proverbs twelve twenty six says this, A righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. He says, be careful, choose carefully who your friends are, uh, who you let in as the closest in your life. But you might, you might read that and think, well, maybe Paul Simon's right. Maybe, well, if I've got to be so cautious and I, I might be led astray, well, I just won't have any friends. Uh, let me be a rock. Let me be an island. But that's not what Solomon's saying either. And that's because friendship's important for another reason. It's because of love. Uh, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend, a real friend this is, loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. So what is true friendship according to the Bible? It's it's. It's love, right? Love, love, love that's there all the time. Love that stands, stands the ups and downs. And that's why friendships are so important because it's how you experience love in this world. I mean, you expect that a family should be loyal. Uh, you expect your brother to stand with you in tough times. They kind of got to because you don't choose your relatives, but you know. But a friend is someone who'll do that. A real friend is someone who'll do that. Um, they'll stand by you in tough times and they'll do it not out of obligation. They do it because they, they want to. A friend loves willingly, not because they must. And I think a friendship like that can, can be an even stronger tie than family, can't it? And because friendships have so much influence on us and because they can and ought to be the tightest bonds of love that we can have in this world, the truly wise person will choose their friends carefully and then when they've chosen them, they'll invest in them really, really well. But the book of Proverbs has much more to say about friendships than just they're important. Uh, the second thing Solomon tells us, and I think he actually majors on this, is, um, is about being wise in friendships by understanding how to wreck them. There you go. He, he's got lots on how to ruin good friendships. In fact, that's most of the wisdom about friendship, how to destroy them. Not so you can go around doing it, right? <laughs> and you're like, ha, 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 sucked in. You thought I was close. <laughs> uh, 
But so we'll know what not to do. Okay, it's full, he's got the negative examples and then he's got the positive examples we'll come to later as well. But there's lots of ways, he says, we can wreck friendships, we can destroy them if we're not careful. The first way he says you can wreck a good friendship is by uh, gossip. Uh, Proverbs 16.28 a, pro, a perverse man stirs up dissension and a gossip separates even close friends. Uh, I mean, imagine a situation, you've got a friend called Fred. I mean, Fred's uh, a prickly character um, and, and can be tricky to deal with uh, at times. But, and, and right at the moment, Fred's driving me crazy. <laughs> just, I love you, but, you know, I just want to kill you. Anyway, <laughs> in fact, I'm having such a hard time. I think, you know what, I've, I've got to talk about... Um, what to do and how to, with someone. I've, and so I think, oh, you know, I, my, my other friend Jim, he's always got good advice. Uh, I'm gonna, I've got to talk to Jim about how difficult I'm finding Fred at the moment. Um, and and it's, that's not necessarily a problem in itself, isn't it? It's good to have advice and, and friends who will care for you in that and, and, you know, rub your shoulders and say, it's all right, you know. Um, and Jim's a good friend uh, and he, he, he's got some wisdom but then a couple of weeks later, you're coming out of a meeting and a mutual friend of Jim and, uh, and yours walks through the door and he nudges you and says, yeah, I know what you mean about Fred, eh? <laughs> um, oh, oh, yeah, everyone thinks that about Fred, you know, kind of thing. And how, how do you know what I, you know, obviously Jim's, Jim's told them, you know. <laughs> what does that say about my friendships? Um, what's going to do to my friendship with Jim? Right, I, I, I told you in confidence, not not because I really wanted the world to know, but because I, I needed help at the time. What what does it do to my friendship with Fred? Right, words getting round. What do I really think of him? Yeah, kind of thing. It's going to end up with a lot of hurt feelings. Uh, Benjamin Franklin once said, three people can keep a secret as long as two of them are dead." <laughs> uh, I bet Benjamin Franklin didn't have good friends. Uh, Solomon's right, isn't he? Gossip destroys friendships. Uh, or take the next one from Proverbs 25, verse 7. Here's another way to wreck friendships. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and he will hate you. Uh, yeah, there's a good way to wreck a friendship, isn't it? Overstay your welcome. Um, we all need space, don't we? Even Even in the closest of friendships. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever been friends with someone who's who's not had lots of friends in the past, and so you, you show them some kindness, and all of a sudden they're drawn to your love, and, and they can attach themselves to you uh, like a limpet or, or or like a leech, right? And and they just they suck the life out of you. They suck the life out of out of the friendship. Um, uh, you know, later in the Proverbs, you know, uh, Solomon says, the leech has two daughters. Give, give, they cry. They're always taking, right? So it gives people the space they need. Give them space physically. Don't always be in their face. Don't always be around their house, right? Or, you know, ask at least, right? Especially if they're going to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, they, they need to be free to say, actually, no, I've you know, got other people over or I'm, I just need some time out. Give them space emotionally, you know, too much of you and you might kill the friendship. Uh, there's a great little booklet that I, I, I bought 30 copies of. I'm down to my last one as of 8 o'clock this morning. Um, 
that I give away. Um, it's called emotional dependency, uh, and it's about overly codependent relationships that just suck the life out of you, and how you know how how they form and what you can do about them if you find yourself in a friendship like that. Uh, I I could give you this last one, uh, but only after 7 o'clock tonight, okay? Um, And I'll order a bunch more, um, because they're stifling, and they actually end up with resentment rather than love. Or take the next way to destroy a friendship, Proverbs 25, verse 20. Like one who takes away a garment on a cold day, you know, someone who steals your jumper, uh, or like vinegar poured on soda, soda uh, is one who sings songs to a heavy heart. There you go. There's a way to kill a friendship. Be completely insensitive to the other person and to their moods. Right? Don't worry about them and how they're going. Don't worry it's been a terrible week for them. Just go singing happily because there's no problem for you. You've had a great time. Excellent. Let me tell you how awesome my week's been, everyone. (laughs) Well, here's another way to ruin things. Proverbs 26, verse 18. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows is a man who deceives his neighbour and says, I was only joking. (laughs) Right? You want to wreck your friendships? Always be the practical joker. All right, it's the difference between laughing with someone and laughing at them. Uh, it's the joke that's gone too far that that plays on the person's trust. It's the you know the bucket of water over the door, and you walk in, and you know it's it's, it's hilarious for you <laughs> doing it, you know, but hilarious for the other people who are watching. But you know that's going to put them on edge, walking through every door from now on, right? Uh, at least, especially when you've been around, you know, kind of like. It just breeds distrust. Um, and, and as if saying, well, just jokes makes it all good. It's not good. It's real life, isn't it? I mean, it's, this, is, this is how to do friendships in this world, or how not to do them. Well, here's one final way to destroy friendships. Proverbs twenty-seven fourteen. If a man blesses his neighbour early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. Uh, <laughs> That was written with feeling, I'm sure. I mean, here's the person who's just inconsiderate, uh, inconsiderate about other people needing sleep. You know, it's like the kids getting up early in the morning, isn't it? You know, going, yeah, la, 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 hey, mum and dad, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, they're just enjoying themselves and cheerfully loud at all the wrong times. It's the neighbour who's still playing loud music at two o'clock in the morning. Anyone had them? And you just think, just hope they move away soon. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the neighbour who bangs on your window at six o'clock in the morning and says, Howdy, neighbour! You know, top of the morning to you. you know, just die. Yeah. Uh, or the person who's overly cheerful at breakfast time, singing, All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small. And, uh, you know, and you're like, oh, just shut up. And uh, you, they might excuse themselves saying, well, I'm just making a cheerful noise unto the Lord, like the Bible tells me to do. Well, make a cheerful noise, but go and make it somewhere else, right? <laughs> Sod off. <laughs> um, see what Solomon's saying? The, the wise person values friendships greatly enough not to risk them. Not to risk them by being thoughtless or by being overpowering and overwhelming or, or by being insensitive. Friendships are too important and so the wise person will heed the warnings. But the, but the book's not just full of negative stuff. 
Uh, God, God wants us to know, know the heart of it from Proverbs. He wants us to understand because the wise person loves his own soul, right? The person who follows this advice, who starts with the fear of the Lord and puts all these things in order, actually loves themselves. Um, and, and because of that, what he says then about forming true and positive friendships is really important. In fact, there's two things that um, uh, Proverbs says are fundamentally important to understand about friendship. And these are the marks of true friendship, what it really looks like, so that you can recognize it when you see it. You can know it when you have it, and you can, you can know when you don't have it. You have fun with these people, but they're not necessarily your true friends. Um, and it's fascinating because I don't think the two marks that we're going to talk about are uh, what you or I would necessarily come up that def- if we was asked to ask each other, what makes a good friend? Maybe they are would be on reflection, but I think we'd think of things like having fun together, someone you can spend happy time with, or someone whose company you enjoy, or who enjoys the same things as you, right? And you can talk about together. And those things might be true, but actually they don't define a true friendship. But there are two things that really do. And they are two things the world constantly gets wrong, and I think which show that God really is supremely wise. Okay, so if you get nothing else out of today, here's the marks of true friendship. The first mark is faithfulness. Faithfulness. That's what a true friend is, someone who's faithful to you. True friends stick around when you have real need or trouble. Uh, I heard an English preacher say once, uh, most men could recruit six pallbearers for their funeral, but hardly anyone has a friend that they could call at two o'clock in the morning. What we need are not fair weather friends. Uh, There's plenty of those to go around, but that's not who we need. And so Proverbs 18.24, that's where we started our first reading. A man of many companions may come to ruin. You can have all the friend, you know, friends in the world, but they, they might actually destroy you in the end. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I, I, I couldn't help but think of Facebook when I read that <laughs> through the week. Uh, on Facebook, you friend everyone. Uh, in fact, Alice and I, when we first got married, had a competition to see how many Facebook friends we could summon. Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, it was a pretty stupid competition uh, because I'd obviously win. But, <laughs> but I think in the end we both lost uh, because the more friends you have on Facebook, the more friends, that actually the less connected you are with any one of them, Right? Uh, you're better off having real face face friends, not Facebook friends, right? And not only are you less connected to them, but the more likely you are to experience FOMO. Uh, anyone know what FOMO is? The fear of missing out. Um, because you, you see the photos that everyone's posting and streamed in your wall and you're thinking, they're with those other people and I didn't get invited. Like, what, what, that, I thought we were friends, you know, or you come home from one party and you think, well, there was another one on, why, why? Um, you know, and they've got lovely smiles with their other companions. Um, what matters so much more than having lots of people that you call friends, but who are really just acquaintances or um, numbers to make you feel good about yourself, 
is, is having that one or two or three people who really are true friends that you actually do life with, who love you and, and who can love at all times, who are faithful and who won't run off when things are tough for you. That, that's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And in contrast to that kind of true friend, Solomon's got lots to say about fair weather friends the ones who are just there for the party when things are good. Here's uh, Proverbs 19, um, uh, verse 4. Yes, that's right. Um, Wealth brings many friends, but a poor man's friends desert him. Or verse 6. Many carry carry favour with a ruler, and everyone's the friend of the man who gives gifts, right? Uh, of course they are. You know, they, you're giving away stuff. They want to hang around. Well, verse seven: A poor man is shunned by all his relatives. How much more do his friends avoid him? You know, when you're moving up in the world, you know, when you're climbing the corporate ladder, everyone wants to know you. You know, when you win the office sweepstakes uh, for the Melbourne Cup and it's your shout for drinks, well, everyone's going to turn up for that. You know, everyone's your friend. But when you blew the big deal last week. Uh, who was there, and now you're redundant, who's going to keep up with you? You can't stop disasters happening, uh, but having that one true and faithful friend in the disaster is an amazing blessing. Far better that one than all who walked away and who ignore you because you make them feel awkward uh, or they don't want to be asked for help because uh, they don't want to give it because they're actually stingy. In fact, those kind of people just make things worse. A person of many friends may come to ruin because they're not actually your friends. Uh, and it's more than just the disaster. You're actually now disappointed and let down by everyone else. What God knows we need is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Many of you have heard of the many accidents and injuries I have sustained, <laughs> uh, including breaking all four limbs at once, falling off a flying fox. Uh, if you don't know that story... Uh, ask me a morning tea, I'll happily tell you. Um, and I think all of them were really interesting, though, in terms of def- seeing who the real friends were. I mean, the, the four limbs, I was incapacitated for two years, basically, um, like crippled. Uh, and really interesting, because I, I was the person of lots of friends, uh, or as it turns out, not. Uh, well, they were different friends. Um, uh, and... Something you probably don't know about me is that um, I was engaged to be married many years before I started seeing Alison. And I won't go into the circumstances, it doesn't really matter, but my fiancé broke off the wedding just a few weeks before uh, the big day. Uh, and, and it was one of the most awful times in my life. Uh, I withdrew into myself, it was very, very dark for, for a long time. Um, but a guy I knew just a little bit from college because uh, I was at Moore College at the time, I was in first year. Uh, a guy who would play cricket with, at, you know, in the playground <laughs> afterwards. Uh, a guy who, you know, we sat at lunch occasionally, or and he would sometimes come and sit up the back with us tough Moore College guys, you know, kind of thing, the kind who would, uh, you know, mock the lecturer, and, and we all knew better. Anyway, and he wanted to join in with that kind of crowd. Um, uh, when that happened... He, he dropped everything, and even when we were right approaching final exams, um, he dropped everything and um, to look after me for, for, for basically two weeks. 
did nothing else but hang him around. I mean, he got me through the exams in the end, you know, shared his notes and all the rest of the stuff. And um, that was Adrian Russell. Uh, some of you met Adrian. Uh, and he, he ended up being the best man at my actual wedding. Um, uh, and it really doesn't matter what's happening in life now. We don't see each other super often, but um, if if there's a disaster that one of us has, we'll, we'll drop everything and, you know, be there for the other person, drop everything and go. He, he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's irritating. He is forceful. He is abrupt. And worst of all, he despises board games. He cannot stand them. Um, but he's faithful. And I love him. There aren't many like that, are there? And so Proverbs 20 and verse 6. Many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find. If you find one, don't lose them. But if we're going to truly learn the wisdom of Solomon from Proverbs, then we've got to understand that the qualities we should be looking for in others are actually the same qualities we should be cultivating in ourselves. And Solomon says, be that friend to others. Make sure that's you. And so Proverbs 27 and verse 10, do not forsake your friend or even a friend of your family. And do not go to your relative's house when disaster strikes you. Better a neighbor nearby than a relative far away. Don't forget the friend who's fought your battles because, you know, you've gone off chasing all your new friends. You know, they're having more fun. Uh, don't, don't be like that. Not, not, none of us has friends enough to spare. It's always easier to lose an old friend than to gain a new one. Uh, David and a few of you guys went to uh, the men's convention a few weeks ago without me. Yeah, thanks. Uh, sorry, no. sorry, I was invited. Sorry. Um, uh, apparently there was a talk on friendship and uh, uh, Dave was sharing me uh, that statistics show that it takes 90 hours to make a friend, 90 hours with someone for you to call them friend. It takes 200 hours with them to call them a close friend, right? Really hard work to make good friends, isn't it? How quickly can we lose them? One word, one bad afternoon. Um, It's always easier to lose an old friend than to gain a new one. I just have to do nothing. But that's the first mark of true friendship, faithfulness. Hang on to those kind of friends and be that friend. Be fiercely loyal, even if it costs you. But there's a second mark of true friendship. Uh, and I think this is the more challenging one. Frankness. It's not just stickability. There's a frankness you should be able to expect from friends. And I reckon this one is one of the most serious failings of our contemporaries. And why our community has such terrible time in making meaningful relationships anymore. Because they think that a hard word to someone means that you don't or you can't possibly love them. But frankness is actually a feature of love and Solomon bangs on about it. Proverbs 27.5, better an open rebuke than hidden love. You know, the kind of love that never says anything hard is actually useless. It's not love. Solomon goes on in the next verse. Wounds from a friend 
can be trusted, but it's an enemy that multiplies kisses. Right? They actually hate you if they never say anything hard. Right? They're an enemy. Isn't that strange? It looks like he's muddled everything up. You know, don't wounds come from enemies and kisses come from friends? Especially good friends. Anyway, <laughs> um, but he hasn't mucked it up. An enemy can kill with kisses because I never spot my mistakes that way. He never points them out to me. He doesn't love me enough to help me do better and grow as a person. But when wounds come from a friend, they can be trusted because I know that they're intended for my good. And because I know that's where it's coming from, I'll think through them more carefully and clearly. The wounds of a true friend can be trusted. If you see me going astray or see me doing something I shouldn't be doing or you see me not doing something I should be doing and you don't take me to task for it, even at the risk of hurting my feelings, you're not a true friend. Now, I'm not talking about people who just want to criticise, right, and condemn others because they like putting their nose in everyone else's business or because they're just grumpy and bitter about life and they've got nothing better to do. Um, if that's you, I've got two, two things to say to you. Uh, one, keep it to yourself. Uh, and two, um, find a good friend who can help you work through being like that, who will say, that's not helpful. But what we're talking about here is words that are spoken in the context of friendship and love that are for the other person's good. They come out of concern for the other person, genuine affection and wanting them to succeed. That's actually pretty hard for most of us, isn't it? Um, We'd rather flatter than fault. We'd rather compliment than condemn. We'd rather praise than wound. I mean, there are people the other way around. They've got a problem too, but... I think you see it sadly, maybe most sadly, in parents and grandparents who just want to be friends with their kids. And so they never say no. They never stand up to them. And in the end, that's a recipe for disaster, right? They won't be your friend when they grow up. They will resent you. Same is true for real friendships. Here's a lovely picture of good advice that comes from a trusted friend, Um Uh, I think this is for the ladies, uh, this particular one. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. It's like sweet perfume when they give you good advice. Or here's the blokey version a couple of verses later. Uh, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. There you go. (laughs) Like the grinding wheel. (laughs) Right? It's good. And so let me ask you about your friends. Do they ever risk your disapproval to suggest you might be going off track? Do you have a friend who loves you enough to tell you when they think you're sinning or when you're using poor judgment or you're just being a goose? Is there a friend with whom you are really facing life together like that? And so those are the the marks of true friendship, uh, according to God, according to Solomon, according to the Proverbs, faithfulness and frankness. How are your friendships? Uh, Could you call them good and true based on those two marks? God wants us to understand so that we can be wise. He wants us to know because he cares for us and he wants us to succeed. But I think he also highlights 
those two things so that we'll recognise his true friendship towards us when he shows them to us in Jesus Christ. He's put, setting this up. It's almost prophetic, you know, because this is what God is like. Because God who made us gave his son to live on earth. And when you look at Jesus' life, what do you discover about it? I mean, I mean, isn't he the perfect friend? I mean, who could be franker than Jesus, right? Blunter, you know? Think of the searching nature of his questions or, or the uncompromising reality of his teaching. There was no holds barred, you know? Who else would just denounce the religious authorities shamelessly and even cause a riot because they were ripping people off in the name of God and stopping people coming to pray? You know, who else would draw a line in the sand and say, no further? Who else in love would say to our faces, because he absolutely loves it, but he wants to warn us, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? I mean, he was frank. You cannot get franker than Jesus. And yet, his wounds, when they come, are the wounds of a friend, aren't they? He spoke them because he loved us and because we need to hear them. No one could be more for me than Jesus and faithful. Many a man claims to have unfailing love, but a faithful man who can find, well, in Jesus we can. Faithful to his father, faithful to his word, faithful to us. Yes, there is a friend who sticks closer than the brother. We heard it from Jesus' own lips in the second reading. Greater love has no man than this. Then he lay down his life for his friends. And he didn't just say it, did he? He did it. He laid down his life. And he did it really not for friends, but for people who were so stupid, so foolish, um, that we were ignoring him when in our rebellion we were disowning him and spitting his face. He suffered in order to rescue us. I can't want for a better friend than that, can I? I mean, you'd be an idiot not to have him as your best friend. <laughs> so why is it that the world hates him? I think probably because he's so frank. And that's why, actually, we need each other. And he goes on, and just after he said that to say, you've got to love each other because the world's going to hate you too if you're with me. There is no better friend to have than Jesus. Uh, but it does bring trouble. It can bring pain. And that's why we've got to be there for each other as the kind of friends that the Bible's talking about as well. So it suggests that some of us might need to go and do some hard reflecting. Some of us might need to examine our friendships in the light of what Proverbs says and, and think about how, how we treat others. Are we the person who's actually contributed to the destroying of relationships? Maybe we'll need to confess that we've fallen well short and pray that we might be a bit more like Jesus. Some of us might need to reflect on, on how our friendships are going uh, and whether we're being foolish and thoughtless. Maybe we might not even need to go and apologise. Some of us might need to do some soul-searching in regards to who our true friends really are. Right? Do they bear the marks? Because the true friends are the ones to really invest in. Others of us might need to take in a more basic truth yet. 
that when Jesus speaks, he offers to relate to us, not just as our maker, not just as our judge, not just as our master, though he is all those things, but as his friends. No one who is wise would turn their back on that friendship. Because the one who is wise loves his own soul. But the idiot flees from wisdom. Father, we thank you for your friendship to us. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. And we thank you that you're absolutely frank with us, that your word speaks hard truths and challenges us. And Father, thank you for the challenge and the encouragement this morning about friendship and how to, how to do friendships well, what the true marks of true friendship are. Help us to be faithful and frank. And we pray that there'll be many people, at least some people in our lives, who are that for us. Help us to recognise those who are just fair-weather friends and not, not hate them, but um, encourage them. Maybe we should be faithful and frank to them. Please forgive us for the failings in the past where we've destroyed other relationships by our foolishness, by our thoughtlessness, by overstaying our welcome, by being insensitive uh, and, and by taking rather than giving. Help us not to be like that anymore. Uh, turn us from the ways of the past and help us to learn from you, the master, the friend, uh, who is faithful and frank in everything. Amen.